Welcome to the Iron Society Podcast, where we build men of God to become husbands and fathers that change the world. No man should have to struggle through life alone or lacking the tools they need to win and dominate life. Every week, we will bring you an inspiring and actionable conversation that will forge you into the man and leader God has called you to be. Welcome to the Iron Society. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Iron Society podcast. This is episode number 31. Full month. Uh, yeah. I'm Cody Chapman here with Nick Milligan. Nick Milligan. Dude, we're, we're cruising. Sending. Sending. Full, full sending. Send. Yeah. Full sending. Um, before we, we're going to jump right into the episode because we have our weekly Iron Society call in less than 60 minutes. So this is going to for sure be less than a 60-minute episode. Indeed. I'll tell you that. Um, had a guy come up to me at church this weekend. I told you about this the other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just walks up and was like, hey, are you Cody? It's like, yes, I am. Maybe. What's your business with him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, from the Iron Society? Yes. He's like, dude, had no idea he went to this church. Like my wife sent me one of your reels a couple months ago, and now I've been binging the podcast and it's crazy no we go to the same church that's funny i thought that was cool yeah um th that kind of stuff just always whenever it happens like it happened when i first came out with on purpose husband sure a guy walked up to me at living water and was like are you the cody that wrote on purpose husband i was like maybe <laughs> did you like it <laughs> yeah do you want a refund helpful? or something <laughs> yeah um he's like no I, and he shook my hand he's like i just want you to know um i've been married for 30 years and that book saved my marriage last month. Wow. And I was like, and that was like maybe six months after it came out. Nice. And at, it was at that moment where it was my first thought of, holy crap, like this isn't just like a book I threw together. Like mm -hmm. this is, you know, it's so that, that kind of stuff's always cool. Mm -hmm. Um, whenever people just randomly, you know, cause it's easy for people that t you talk to all the time, you know, to be like, oh, you're awesome. Thanks for doing this stuff, whatever. But someone you never see and you've never known yeah. consumed anything yeah. and they come up to you and just tell you like how you're impacting their life. That's that I, for me, I'm like, it's those things. I'm like, that's why we do this. You right know, there. it was based solely on what they know of you, what was said in the book or on yeah. the podcast or what have you. Yep. They found value in the words. Yes. Right. Hopefully God inspired words. hundred percent. Right. But there was no like, oh, you know, I know I've known Cody since I was, yeah. you know, whatever back in the oh, day. Oh, good like, book, you know, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, good podcast, slugger. Yeah, there's no, which all that is super encouraging, helpful. and 100%. We'll take it. Yes, 100%. <laughs> but, but it is rad to have a complete stranger come up and yeah. be like, dude, that was awesome. Thank yeah. you. So shameless plug. If you have not gone through On Purpose Husband, uh, you can go to ironsociety.co. Actually, no, it's not on that website. It's ironsocietysupply.com. Um, you can order this one or you can order freaking there's, I mean, 28 days of prayer for my wife. There's the marriage communication journal. Um, the, all I think good reads. All good. They're all fantastic. But we have been going through um, the path, right? The All the roles that a man plays in his life that he has to 
in the sequential order, you have to build these things. And the first one is you as the man, right? We talked about identity. We talked about your mind, body, spirit, vision, and vices. Talked about that. If you didn't listen to that one, go back to either, I think it's episode 29 probably. I think so. Should be. Yeah. Um, like you have to have that. Then you go into the role of husband. Yeah. That's the next one you dial in. Now we're going to be talking about the role of father. Now I, I wrote even in my notes, a big disclaimer here. It's a big red flag because I, I watch so many social media accounts and people, everyone goes after being a father. Right. And, and I have my, my kind of like, I don't, it's not a conspiracy theory, right? It's just a, I, it's so easy to go after that Mm -hmm. because, and here's my theory. I think there are a lot of men that zealously post about and want to learn about being a better father. Right. And now there's a lot of reasons for that, right? Like we didn't grow up with great fathers, so we need, we need to learn it and all of that. Yep. The big red flag, and I'm only bringing this up because if it is you and you have to ask the Lord if this is you and ask the Holy Spirit to check you before you wreck you, Mm. right? I think a lot of men fervently pursue a very, very good fatherhood, which is noble and righteous, sure, right? As a means to circumvent being a better husband first. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like... Your marriage sucks so bad, and that is just, you feel like that's a lost cause, and you don't know what in the world to do. So it's like, I'm going to skip this one and just focus on being a father because my kids are a little more manipulatable, Mm. right? I can play with them. I can buy them the toys. I could do this. I could do that. And they're they're more easy to control at large. It's it's easier work that you're putting in, right? It's still hard. Well, but it's, but it, but it is easier. I think it is easier easier to find the wins. Yes. Right. Easier to get the, the smaller wins, the, the quick win, the, you know, you really don't have to go through the trenches, if you will, go to the, go to Walmart, buy your kid a piece of candy and and a a soda. And they think you're the coolest person in the world. You know what I mean? So now there should be much more than that happening. Yes. But I think to your point, you're talking about some of the work that's required sometimes in a marriage that is not as fun. It's not as, I mean. Who doesn't want to go be the cool dad that takes the kids to the pool and do 100%. all the things and, you know, hunting, camping, fishing, you know, all the things that you like to do anyways, Yep. which maybe your wife's not into Yep. And so you've got to figure out what works there. Oh, and by the way, we've got to have some of the harder conversations about responsibilities of life, you yep. know, finances yep. and so on and so forth. So yep. it's, it's not as, it's not as sexy. No, it's, <laughs> it's just easy. Listen, it's easy to bypass your, your role as husband and just jump really heavy into fatherhood, which on the outside, no one is ever going to throw a red flag up. And that's why I just wanted to bring it up at the top of this episode to be like, Hey, check yourself because your, your fathering will only be so good as your marriage is in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are divorced or recently divorced, I can understand that could feel like a kick in the nuts. Right. And it's still, it's still a reality. It does not mean you cannot be an amazing father, but your father, the, the way that you're raising those children now in a broken home, um, there's going to be dynamics that are just very difficult to overcome. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's guys in the iron society right now that are going through a divorce that were fighting for their marriage. And these were, these were some of them that didn't end up the way that they wanted to. And are they still being great fathers? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Mm. They're actually leaning into that a little more now because they don't have this other relationship to try and rescue essentially, which I think is the right and righteous thing to do. But all of them has said, this is now a lot harder in a different way because of this, because of this now, this division. Yep. Um, so if you're coming from a divorced or recently divorced background, um, yes, it's harder yep. and it's, there's a lot more nuance. Some of, some of my great longtime friends, um, have been divorced for over a decade now and they're like, it's still hard. Oh yeah. It's still hard. The yep. back and forth and everything. So yeah, I just mention it because if you are neglecting the hard work of, growing your marriage and being a better husband. Um, it's not like you make up for that by trying to be a better dad, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. still right and righteous. You need to, yeah. but I, I hope everybody just hears my heart. I'm not bashing you for being like going fervently into being a father. It's just don't forsake your responsibility of your marriage and role of husband in the name of, well, I'm just going to dive all in with being a father. Like it's, because if you lose your marriage, it's like, dude, you still lost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, I think it'd be foolish to think if I'm a better f a father, that's going to help my marriage. No. That's not That's not how that works. No. You very much, first and foremost, got to take care of that marriage so you can then become a better father. Yeah. Yeah. And if it, you need the mental wins of like, man, I'm trying with my marriage so hard right now and... I'm going to, I'm all, I'm going to jump into really growing as a dad while still re really working on my marriage, but I need some wins over here as a father, mm -hmm. like, man, go for it. Absolutely. Well, it's a both end, right? Like you yes. can't just neglect your kids altogether. So, no, so. it's not, yeah. It's not like you neglect your kids while working on your marriage. <laughs> no. Right. And I mean, I, and by the way, like you can't see this on video, but, and I have not erased it. I'm not going to, um, I'm actually going to put like a clear sealant there over that. And I'm going to frame this. So my 12 year old, soon to be 13 year old son. Uh, he's my second. He came in here and you can't see it. I mean, you've seen it, but he wrote on my whiteboard, best dad ever and signed it and put like balloons and stuff. And the other day I took a picture of it. because I'm going to post about it. But when I saw that it's one thing for like my five or six year old daughter to do that, you know, sure. or like Uriah, my three year old to say it, but for my almost 13 year old yeah. to like come down here and like what is drawn is not like it took one minute. No, like, that was that it's an good, it's an extensive yeah, piece of good marker art. Of, yeah, yeah. Time. Um, like my son does not like our kids don't come in here and just do this on a whim. Mm -hmm. Like there, like there's some reason he did that. And when I yeah. saw that specifically because he's older, you know, sure. I'm like, that means so much because from my almost 13 year old son to come in here and do that. I'm like, that's really, that, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, so being a father for me has been one of the most rewarding things. I would say having a great marriage is like fulfilling and fun and awesome. But I think there's something about being a father that is very, very rewarding. Um, and so that's why it's such an important role to focus on. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things we have to know about being a father, um, and did I just delete the entire note? <laughs> nope, I didn't. There we go. Um, from the outset, we have to understand where, like how we start to grow as fathers. And first John four nineteen says we love because he first loved us. Yep. And I would say the starting point, the, like the Genesis of where we start to grow as fathers is we have to experience the love of the father ourselves mm -hmm. and let our love that we're experiencing and that we are getting 
then we go and give that love and we love from a place of love, not for a place of love, if that yes. makes sense. Yes. I'm not trying to love my kids because I want their love. It's no, no, no. I am fully loved by the father. Mm -hmm. And because he first loved me, mm -hmm. now I can go love my kids from a place of love, not for a place of love. And that goes back to that red flag, I think, is... A lot of dads want to jump into this fervent fatherhood and be fierce fathers because they want to feel love. They need it. They need it because they're not getting right. it from their wife. They're not getting it from the Lord because they're not in scripture. They're not yep. in prayer. They're not growing spiritually. So it's, hey, I'm going to go get this love from this you know five-year-old because I can go buy, like I said, a piece of candy or whatever, and they're going to give it back. No, no, no. We first receive love from the father. And that is the place from which we go love. And yep. that's why, again, going back to the man, the spiritual growth and knowing who you are, you have to know you're loved. You have to know you're chosen. You have to know you're cared for. Grow spiritually. Because then every other role is an external role mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from which you can take that love and that being received and cared for and then give all of it yeah. away. You're pouring out from that well that you've... It's yes. continuously filled, right? Yes. You're unconditionally loved. So no matter what happens throughout the day, throughout the week, what yep. have you, you are still being loved. You're still able to then pour out, right? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So that is the first, that is where we launch our fatherhood from is being loved by the father. And I know for me personally, um, when we had our first son, Elijah, um, it was so weird. Like, I remember being in the hospital room and seeing him. Um, we didn't see him right away because he was he was a little jaundiced. We had to go to like I don't know is the NICU or something for for some tests and all this stuff. Yeah. But then he finally came into our room, and I remember waking up in the middle of the night like it's like freaking three a.m. or something. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him, and I was like, man, I feel so, I I I love this other human so much right now. Uh, it's so weird how it can happen so fast, right? But then I was overcome by like the love of the father for me mm -hmm. because I, in my head, I was like, it if clicked. I'm looking at my earthly son with this much love, how much more yeah. does my heavenly father love? Cause human love will never compare to the love that the father has for us. Mm -hmm. And it just clicked for me. Yeah. And that's why like big picture part of like my theological bend is like, God is in a good mood towards me. Right. Like he doesn't just love me. He actually likes me, you know? Right. Um, and it's why I'm always, I will always have that bend of, I just don't look at the father all the time as this, like the holy righteous God that mm -hmm. is going to judge me. Mm -hmm. That's part of who he is. Sure. But the way I just see the Lord, my first like perspective of the Lord is always like, Hey son, love you. I just want to spend some time with you. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's a super common reaction to oh, first parents, right? Yeah. Like you then all of a sudden it's made crystal clear. Like you can read and know and, Ugh. but until you experience that, I feel like, uh, it's really hard to fully grasp how God loves you, how intimately, how, yeah. how well, how fulfilled, you know, just, just how sufficient that love is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to put words around even. Yeah. Right. So to experience that, how you feel towards someone else is, it just, it just clicks. Like yeah. you said, I think that's a great way to say it. And, and this is why, <laughs> listen, if you are a father or you're a husband and you guys have 
you don't have any children because you don't want kids. Okay. I just want to speak to this real quick. First of all, there's no condemnation. Okay. But I want to challenge you and I'm not talking to the people that aren't able to have children, right? If you are unable to conceive currently, um, man, it's like, we pray for you. We want the best for you. If that's a desire of your heart, man, I just keep, keep, keep going. Right. But if you are intentionally making a choice to not have children, two things, one, what we're talking about right now, I think, I, I think, I think, and this is just pontificating for this part. I don't know if you will be able to experience the father's love as an actual father ever will. Hmm. And you, I, I, you can, you can have a revelation of the Lord's love for you. You could dive into that, sure. but there is something that clicks when you have a kid yeah. that about the father's love that if you're not a father, you just don't get, like you just don't get it. Um, so there's that. The second thing I want to just mention really quickly, if you are, you're just not wanting kids, right? I would challenge your thinking in that mm-hmm. because scripture says that children are a blessing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have never spoken to a Christian that would disagree with what scripture says about that children are a blessing. Mm-hmm. So my question for you, if you're in a place where you don't want kids, what other blessing of God are you actively rejecting? Mm. I guarantee there is not another thing that scripture would call a blessing that you are actively saying no to Mm. other than children. So I would challenge you and say, check your heart, ask the Lord to reveal inside of you where fear, insecurity, pride, selfishness, selfishness. It needs to die Yep. because children are a blessing and yes, they're difficult. God, I mean, we can hear my kids screaming upstairs right now. It's not <laughs> like they're easy, right? But they are an absolute blessing. Um, that was a little sidebar. Wasn't in the notes. Just wanted to give you it's a kick, kick in the narnars. It's good. Um, but let's talk about the few areas of, about being a husband. And I'll just tell you what they are up front and we'll walk through them. Um, engaged, discipler. And joyful. I'm excited to get to the last one. So let's cruise through the first two. Cool. But the first one of engaged, okay? Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. I don't know why I included the second part. Um, <laughs> whatever. But the first part. Context. Whatever your hands finds to do, do it with all your might. And this goes to what we are talking about earlier, right? Jumping into fervent fatherhood, being a fierce father, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you should be working hard at being a dad. Absolutely. Like you should be engaged. Like the greatest present you can ever give your kids is your engaged presence. Yep. Right. Like being where your feet are yep. as a dad. Yep. Um, this is something I get convicted of all the time and I'll just throw myself under the bus. Like there is lots of times because of the nature of what I do. I mean, I'll be sitting there and sometimes I feel like the kids see the back of my phone more than they see my face, mm. you know, and the Lord will convict me either himself or, um, or through my children, um, or oftentimes through my wife, she'll just be like, put your frickin' phone away. Sure. I'm like, thanks, sweetie. <laughs> you know? sure. Um, but we have to be present and engaged mm-hmm. and that, I, that is hard. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. Cause as men, we, we got so our kids have, don't have a whole lot on their mind, hopefully. And we have a lot of crap on our mind. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many things that can occupy us. And take us out of the room when we're in it. Mm-hmm. And it's a fight to stay engaged, I feel like, a lot. Yeah. And then some guys are always so actively, you know, whether it's work nine to five or, or more, right? Yep. Uh, traveling a ton. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're often not even 
around. So all the more reason to be super engaged and present when yep. you are actually in the room. Yep. Right. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons I, I'm a huge proponent of taking your children on dates. Um, it like we have a lot of time in our day to day life where I'm, where we're engaging with the kids and being intentional. Um, but I feel like that's been one of the things for the past 13 years. Um, our mentors told us early on, like you need to date your kids and just dad dates where it's just you and them. Um, that has been one of the, I love, mm-hmm. I love that. And it's used to be Thursdays. Now it's Mondays. Um, but every week I just have, I have a note on my phone. We just rotate through, yeah. um, for an hour and a half, two hours, we just go <laughs> do whatever the heck they want. Um, like that, I would say if you have trouble being engaged, just start dating your kids. Cause if you go do something that they want to do and you're just hanging out with them one-on-one, it's real hard to be disengaged. Sure. Like you have to be. Yeah. Um, I like the intentionality with that for sure. There's a layer there that you, you, you've put it on the calendar, right? Oh yeah. You, you're putting some funds to it potentially, right? Yep. You know, it, it, maybe not, maybe you're just out fishing, whatever, yep. like doesn't matter, whatever it, as long as it's what they want to yes. do. Yes. Now on the flip side, if you will, maybe not the com- complete flip side, but another aspect of things you could look at. One thing that I was modeled to me really well was taking your kid with you. Absolutely. With whatever you're doing. Yep. So whatever you've got going on your schedule and you can't necessarily be present in the home or, or doing something specific the kid wants to go do or whatever, yep. but to bring them along. Cause ultimately we, the kid just wants to be with you. Right. Yep. That was, that was how I was with my dad. Yep. Like I just, I want to be where my dad's at. Yep. I want to, I want to see what he's into and what he's doing now. Little did I know, you know, as I came of age, you know, <laughs> he's a metal, going on he's a job metal site. framer. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, learn how to frame and hang sheetrock and all the things. I vastly regret that, but <laughs> it served me well a few times, but anyways, you know, I think there's so much to glean from that as well. Like the kids, you know, everybody knows kids are always watching. They're always listening. Always. Right. So to be able to see dad in different scenarios, I think is a really good thing too. Yeah. How he handles himself in public and amongst other men or, or yep. what have you, right? Whether it's in the church or in the community. And uh, I think, you know, it's fantastic. I think you do a really good job with that. And whether mm-hmm. it's the the gym or, you know, we had to get together with some guys here locally, you know, mm-hmm. you brought one of yours with you and he got to kind of witness with that interaction and yep. see some guys talk about some things that most teenagers would probably never even realize guys are talking about mm-hmm. or what have you, you know? So I think it's a fantastic way to use kind of yep. supplement, you know, kind of a bolt in there with that intentionality, but yeah. Hey, also, Hey, jump in the truck. Let's go. Yeah. There's a really good book about that idea. It's not just about kids, but it's just about, um, always having somebody with you just to live life with. It's called mm-hmm. never eat alone. Mm. Um, it's a really, really good book that just has to do with the idea of whenever you're going somewhere and doing something, Bring someone along with you. Sure. Like a friend, you know, one of your kids, just take them along with you. Because like how much, let's think about the gospels, right? How much of Jesus ministry and what the disciples got to see happened on the way to things. It was like, and on the way to things, there'd be the interruptions, there'd be the this, the that. And how much of that did they learn about Jesus by being on the way with him yep. all the time. I mentioned it the podcast or two ago. I was bringing Deegan over here. We we're coming over to record and we jump off on one of the crossing roads and, you know, a big old steep ditch on one side mm-hmm. and we pull up and a truck had backed into the ditch. Yep. And son sees that, you know, me pull over. Hey, can I help you? It turns out it's my freaking neighbor. Like, <laughs> hey, let's let's get you out of here. Da da da. 
dad's prepared. He's got, I'm driving mom's rig, but I've got a tote in there that's got the toe strap and all, mm-hmm. you know, whatever we'd need, you know, potentially just in case. And sure enough, they yeah. will pull her up, you know, so you got to see that all play out, you yeah. know, why, you know, why do you have this thing back here? Well, let me show you, you yeah. know, and I've done that. I've shown him that aspect, but now we got to see it play out in action, right. Yeah. And see the heart behind, you know, why I'm ready in, in yep. you know, it put myself in a position to be able to help. Yeah. So engaged, we got to be engaged at yep. got to be the second thing. Um, and I mean, honestly, I think this, we might want to, um, <laughs> put this as the first one. Well, I mean, I don't know. I always think of, I always put things in very particular orders. Yeah. Um, but I, but the second one of discipler in order to be a disciple, you have to be engaged first. Certainly. Right. It's, you can be, you can, you can try to disciple your kids, but by doing that, you're engaging with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And just having a foundation of, I'm going to be engaging with my kids at all, all times and all things. It's a great place to start, but discipler. Deuteronomy six, seven says, you shall teach them diligently to your children talking about the Lord's commands and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, walk by the way, hello. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you lie down and when you rise, um, like we, we need to be fathers that are discipling our children, your kids, youth pastor and their children's pastor is not, and should not be their primary pastor. Nope. You are. Yep. You are their primary discipler. I remember when I was a youth pastor, it was the thing that frustrated me the most because mm-hmm. so many of the kids, it was like, I, ju- I just knew I was their primary source of spiritual direction. Sure. Um, I don't think that youth pastors should a carry that weight. It's a weight I don't think they're designed to carry. Yeah. Um, and two, it is not a role that you can just forsake and say, I'm going to give them to the youth pastor or my pastor and hopefully they turn out. Okay. Yeah. What one Wednesday night a week or, or whatever it is, right? Like th- that's a supplement yeah. that you're not even taking all that consistently. No. If you think about it, right? Like yeah. what is your kid really going to gain yeah. from that minimal experience and exposure? Yeah. So you are the primary discipler of your children. Um, and again, you can't disciple somebody if you're not growing spiritually. And that's why, again, going all the way back to the man, that's why you have to start with getting yourself right. Yep. Because every other external facing role that you have, there is there are parts of it that you're going to need to take care of on yourself first. Yep. And and being a discipler is, is that. Um, and let me just, I mean, just be clear here. You are, di- you are always discipling your children. Mm-hmm. Always. Because a disciple is a student of something mm-hmm. your children are because you said it they're always watching so don't be don't be tricked into thinking oh if if i am reading scripture to them and talking to them i am discipling them in you know i'm, I'm doing a great job you're also discipling them as you are just living your life as well yep. um and so don't just think discipleship is just reading scripture to them it is Right. And you need to have that spiritual direction, but yep. you are discipling them by when they watch you respond to hard things and they don't see that dad responds and love, joy, peace, patience, all this stuff, or they're not grace filled. They're not forgiving all of that. You're discipling them with your example as yep. well. Not just with your, you know, sitting down and reading the scripture to them. And when you mess up, which you will, at least I do, <laughs> it's an opportunity to model disciple, right? Yep. Have, have them learn from you on repentance. Yep. Absolutely. Right? It's the perfect opportunity to demonstrate repentance mm-hmm. and walk them through that. Right. Yep. Forgive me. Yep. 
Yeah. And one of the other notes that I put in here was, you know, in second Timothy three sixteen, when it talks about the word of God is, um, well, every, every, every word, every word of scripture is breathed out by God, mm-hmm. right? And it's profitable teaching, mm-hmm. reproof, mm-hmm. doctrine, edification, all that. Um, I would, I, one of the greatest ways that I try and I try my best at it, um, to disciple my kids is anytime you can relate anything that's going on to scripture or to a scriptural principle or to something about the kingdom of God, do it. That's good. Anytime you can, because if you think about what the word of God is profitable for teaching, mm-hmm. rebuke, mm-hmm. correction, right? All the training and righteousness, training, teaching, correction, rebuke, right? All things you sounds like a lot. It sounds with. like parenting, yeah. right? And so if the word of God is good for those things, which it is, um, we should be using the word of God in all those areas when rebuking, when correcting, when teaching and when training, Mm -hmm. the word of God is the foundation for all of that. And that's why if you're not in the word, you cannot use it for those purposes. Yeah. So you, you just, you need to get your butt in the word if you're not. Yeah. End of story. Because it's hard to disciple without it. Yeah. Like you were saying, you know, Jesus did such a great job of that as he was going about his day, right? Or, yeah. or traveling between cities or what have you and interacting with different people. The illustrations, some of the, even some of the parables, right? They, they weren't the specific thing that actually happened. It was, it was a story, right? And I think we can see that in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And, and like you're saying, bring in those, those tie-ins to the biblical truth about it, yeah. right? I think it's really easy to to oversee, overlook some stuff sometimes, you know. I was talking with a, a friend recently. He's, he's got a daughter that kind of wrestles with things and, and kind of letting go and, and um, things being uh, out of order or not, you know, doesn't really like spontaneity and all the things and just, you know, wrestles with that. And, you know, kind of helping her kind of see the ebbs and flows of life and being able to be flexible, yeah. right? And sometimes, you know, I'm like, man, how cool would it be maybe like go take a walk along a river and kind of begin to talk about that and how, you know, the headwaters really dictate how this happens down here. And, oh, look at that channel over there that doesn't have very much water in it, but it looks like it carved out a ton years ago. And just kind of just kind of talking about those those illustrations Mm -hmm. with her, just like Jesus did with his disciples, right? Like just having those teaching opportunities where... It's not this. Hey, you gotta you gotta straighten up and figure it out and da da da. It's it's yep. more like this. How how? I just think Jesus was so good at that. Yeah. And we need to pause and slow down and learn from that and to take the time and take the everyday things that are around us and help kind of illustrate those those uh, lessons to our kids. Absolutely. And I think the reason what you're saying is so powerful is because it all has to do with your frame of mind and your perspective. Mm-hmm. If you are not growing spiritually yourself you will not see things through a spiritual lens from which you can instruct or teach somebody from mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. all like, and that's why scripture says in Philippians four, eight, right? Set your mind on things that are above. Yeah. If your mind is just down here in the weeds and in the mud all yep. the time with all earthly things, you're never going to be able to see things through a heavenly perspective mm-hmm. and therefore instruct and teach and show your kids through that lens. So I just, I think it's well super powerful because yep. it just, you have to be in that frame of mind first. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's just coming from this place of like, yeah, I'll, I, I'll do this and I'll turn it into this. And it's like this thing that has no authority or no real like skin on it Yeah, because you're just kind of making something up on the fly that sure. is not really deep in your bones to start with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is unfortunately like you see any 
lame movie that the dad character kind of comes in to like talk to the kid and like it's all yeah. awkward because he's like pulling some football reference or or something yeah. and you know it's it's this is forced yeah. i don't really know what i'm doing because he's not he hasn't like i keep saying built himself yep. and ultimately we're helping our kids see the the necessity to build ourselves right absolutely taking care of our temple our body mind spirit if if they don't see dad taking care of his body why should they yep they don't see dad in the word learning and and you know praying and mm-hmm. you know getting all that that time in with jesus spiritually why should they i mean yep. just so on and so forth if, if if they're not having this example set for them what example are you setting for them I mean, yep. that's that's the scary thought right yep. what example are we setting that we forget like we keep saying our kids are always watching always listening they're always retaining this stuff yeah always yep what what are you showing them yep yeah so you you are the discipler of your children mm-hmm. end of story now last one here because it's engaged discipler and joyful this i believe is one of the hardest but also it is a piece of masculinity in general and fathering that is just not talked about enough. Right. And we talked, I don't know if we talked about this a few weeks ago, but I feel like so much of the conversation around masculinity, manhood, it's all about like discipline, grind, hustle, you know, like grinding through get you, grit, get after it. Yeah. And uh, it's blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, hold on a minute. <laughs> like I thought that like part of our whole journey here is supposed to be filled with joy, mm-hmm. right? It's a fruit of the spirit. Right. Um, and also, and this is, this is like, I think I wrote the scripture hold on. Let me see here. Um, nope, I, I wrote down Ephesians 6, 4, which is do not provoke your children to anger, right? So it's with the opposite of anger. It's like, you know, joy not being that. But Check. if you think about fatherhood, like you need strength to do it. Absolutely. Right? Now, Scripture tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm-hmm. I would argue that if you want to take your fathering to the next level, one of the first things you can do is start finding more joy in the Lord and letting that joy come out with your kids. And it makes fathering, I'm not going to say effortless because that's definitely not the case. It makes it so much more of a blessing and not a burden when you're doing it from a place of joy, right? We have to be joyful fathers. Mm-hmm. I, I have seen way too many fathers, like there's serious all the time and it's always all work, no play, yeah. you know? And it's like, we're just, we're, we're going to be very disciplined and we're going to correct and train and all of that. And it's like, dude, do you ever, do your kids ever see you laugh? Like, do you ever laugh with them? You know? And I'm, I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like we have got to bring joy back into fatherhood yeah. and not just make it this thing. We're like, I'm just grinding through fatherhood. Yeah. I'm just grinding. It, I, th- I think it's a both and, right? Just as Jesus was, is is the lion and the lamb, yep. right? Yep. There, There's an aspect there where all those things you're talking about, discipline and, and all that, super important. No yeah. one's going to say, hey, just bail on that stuff, yep. right? We all agree 
It's a part of it. It's all, it's a, it's a foundational piece of fathering and being a man and, and that masculinity aspect. But that masculinity is modeled so well by Christ because, you know, you want some masculine moment, you know, Peter slices off the centurion's ear and, and whatever. And Jesus is like, dude, it's okay. I got this. And he yeah. fixes the ear and moves on like to his death. Like no big mm-hmm. deal. It's like, whatever. They can't hurt me. Yeah. And, and at the same time, there's a passage in the New Testament. I think it's in several of the uh, books, Luke and Matthew, I think, at least, maybe Mark as well. You know, Jesus is, I can't remember what, he, what exactly he's doing. He's sitting around, I'm sure he's teaching and what have you. Maybe he's, he's healing some people. And all the little children keep coming, mm-hmm. right? And the disciples, in their wisdom, yeah. get away. Hey, shoot. You know, they start shooing away the kids. And Jesus is like, no, nah. yeah. <laughs> let the children come, yeah. right? And I mean, I've always thought I was like, why would why were those kids attracted to him? Mm-hmm. It wasn't because he was some dude shouting, you know, fire and brimstone down upon everybody. Yep. He was he was joyful. He was yep. loving. He probably had a great smile. Yep. Probably looked really inviting. Like yep. they they probably saw just this sheer joy coming out of him, the love of the father coming mm-hmm. out of him, right? It, it, isn't that what we're supposed to model? Is the love of the father yep. as we opened up this up with, right? Yep. So part of that is joy. Yeah. You know, it, if, if we miss that, I think we miss everything in a sense, Absolutely. right? Because why else are we doing this? I don't want to be in heaven just having to grind yep. like I do here on earth. Yep. And if that's the case, if I, if I think about how I envision heaven being this incredible place where there's no sadness, mm-hmm. there's only joy, why wouldn't I want to start living that way better here? Yeah, well, on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Amen. So, and, and, and think about it. Like fatherhood is something it's hard. You have to endure. You have to, mm-hmm. you have to, you do have to grind through it. Mm-hmm. But if you even look at when it, when scripture talks about Jesus enduring the cross mm-hmm. for the joy, joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, right? It was joy that was in front of him that caused him to endure. Mm-hmm. I feel like too many fathers are just enduring to endure because it needs to be endured mm-hmm. and there's no joy that is in front of it. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. you have to allow the joy. And for all the guys, I don't feel emotions. I don't know what emotions are. Shut up. Yes, you do. You just experience anger more than any of them. Yeah. Like, and if you can experience anger, you can experience joy, yeah. right? You have the capacity for it. You just need to be okay with it. And the reality is, I think a lot of men are dealing with a lot of stress. Yeah. And so that that stress translates into frustration and anger really quick and easy because mm-hmm. they're dealing with all the stress at work or whatever other areas of life. And they come home and their kids aren't exactly these perfect angels already. Mm-hmm. And so that stress just compounds and they react poorly, right? Yep. Instead of you know, doing a good job of, uh, you called it something the other day, uh, shifting some context shift- switching. Thank you. Yeah. Th- context switching. I think that was a, a great term that I need to remember <laughs> <laughs> and be able to utilize uh-huh. better because I think that's key. I think that's so key to be able to stop, recognize you're walking into a new environment yeah. and that you don't want to bring that stress in with you mm-hmm. because that's not going to help. Yep. You need to stop Pray for joy if, if you have to, mm-hmm. right? And find joy by being thankful yep. for your family first and foremost. Yep. And be able to live out that and be, and be able to pour out that love of the Father and the joy. Right? Yeah. There's, there's some simple practical things that we can stop and do to kind of help foster 
these better responses, you know, and putting our, setting our mind on, on these things. Right. Yeah. And I, I completely agree that men are stressed, but I think if you are letting it bleed into how you parent and how you, what you bring home, it will reveal who or what is on the throne of your life. Sure. Right. Sure. Because again, for the joy set before him, he endured. Mm -hmm. If you are just bringing your stress home all the time and your kids are experiencing that all the time when your wife is and everyone around you is, it shows that God is not on the throne of your life because Mm -hmm. you are taking on all the responsibility yourself. You're, you don't trust God obviously to take care of it. So you're going to be all stress, a large part of stress. And this is just talking about stress for a second. A large part of stress is when we take the responsibility off of God and put it all onto our shoulders. And so it, it, in that it shows that you're on the throne of your life, not, not the Lord. And so that, that throne was never meant for you. You weren't meant to sit there, right? Take yourself off of it. You can have all the stress in the world, but you can also say, I trust you. I am going to relinquish this. I'm going to lay it at the foot of the cross. I'm going to bring all my burdens and all my worries. I'm going to cast my cares on you because you care for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to walk forward into this moment with joy because I know you're in control. I like it. Instead of, I just need to worry as if somehow like worrying does anything. Oh, it does plenty. Just nothing positive, <laughs> yeah. right? It does, it it does, does plenty. Yeah. It, that f- physically, it destroys people's bodies. Yeah, for sure. It yeah. does plenty. It's just not what you it's want. <laughs> yeah, it does a lot. It does a lot. Just nothing positive. <laughs> nothing positive. My goodness. There you go. Oh my gosh. So I mean, again, like, and one of the things I've said, I told guys for years, like, don't give your kids your leftovers, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like so many times our jobs everything get the best of us and our families get the rest of us. Mm. And it's like, they get the sloppy seconds. Mm-hmm. Essentially. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to give all my good stuff to the mistress that I call my job in my nine to five. Mm. And then, Oh yeah. I'm also going to give whatever I have left over to the people that actually need it and deserve it. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is a reality. A lot of men's families, um, get the sloppy seconds. I know I've been there before. Mm-hmm. I've, I've totally been there before mm-hmm. where I've showed, I've gotten home and it's just like, I just lay on the couch cause I'm so tired and stressed. Um, and those are, you know, it, th- it happens. It happens. Yep. But if you live that way all the time, big red flag, like something needs to change mm-hmm. because we have to be engaged. We have to be a disciple and we have to be joyful. Amen. That is, that is if I, I believe all of that. Cause you, I mean, look at the Lord, right? It's the example of him. Yep. He is engaged with us whenever we want to talk to him. We can, he always has our ear, yep. right? Obviously he's always teaching, training and correcting us. So he's discipling us. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, he is joyful. He yep. is. It's part of who he is. He's good and loving father who wants good for us. Right. Yep. And so we get kids. to, we get to experience his joy, his love, and then love and do life joyfully from that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm telling you, if you struggle with that, first of all, you're not alone. Yep. Um, and nor do I think it is something that ever fully goes away. It is, you know, it's always a battle with our flesh and our mind. Um, but if we have this context from which to work from, I think it gives us, it, it gives us that map of like, okay, this is what I'm aiming for over here. I need to be heading in that direction all the time. doesn't mean like 
I might not hit a patch of ice <laughs> right. like like we have here in Montana and like slide off course a little bit. Yep. But it's like, nope, nope, I'm going to keep my uh, my wheels going in that right direction because mm-hmm. I know where I'm headed, even mm-hmm. if I'm sliding off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so just know, I mean, guys, just a, as a quick encouragement to you, um, I fatherhood is hard. Like it just is. Um, but it's also incredibly joyful incredibly fulfilling if you allow it to be. And if that is the frame through which you want to see it from, um, cause if you just think fatherhood's hard, then you're just always going to see it as hard. Yeah. But if you see it as a blessing and not a burden and something that can be incredibly joyful and fulfilling, you'll also start to see, find all of those reasons to back that up too. Yeah. So yeah, I used to tell new fathers, let's see if I can't butcher this, uh, life will never be the same, but in the best possible way. Yeah. I mean, the most rewarding thing I wouldn't trade for the world. Yep. I, I want to choke up just thinking about yeah. that, and if it, that was taken from me. Oh, yeah. You know? it's, nope. I don't even like thinking about that. Yeah. Refuse to. So anyways, guys, we love you. We believe in you. Um, keep fighting the good fight and keep showing up. Keep showing up. Whether, um, you know, when you're stressed, when you're not feeling it, when you're struggling, just keep showing up because... Um, you're, you're called, you're, you're called, you're anointed, you're set apart and you have what it takes. You just got to keep pushing. All right. And we're here for you. So anyways, love you guys. We will talk to you next week. Out. Hey, one thing before you go, if you got any value out of today's episode, we would so appreciate a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast, as well as, hey, take a picture with your phone of you listening, take a screenshot and post it to social media. Go ahead and tag me at Cody Chapman, and you can tag Nick as well at the Nick Milligan. Also, if you want to learn more about the Iron Society, you can head on over to ironsociety.co to learn more. We'll see you next week.